continuation of last week's discussion coming up. We do, Jane. We're talking a bit more about, we're counting down the top five most common food intolerances. So I think Mark had me busy talking last week, so we only got down to number five and number four. So we've got three, two and one to do today. Many of people are intolerant of various foods and um, lots of different foods affect different people in different ways. <laughs> well, And it's one of those things that like, <clears throat> you know, mentioned on the show quite a few times how our health does seem to be a bit trickier and more complex these days. And, um, you know, a lot of us, when we were in our 20s, you did have that sense that you could eat anything and drink anything and nothing really seemed to bother you that much when people would complain about foods upsetting them. You'd sort of roll your eyes and think, what's wrong with you? Yes, but um, you it's such a such a common thing these days. And, you know, a lot of, lot of um, people that I see in, in, at work are, you know, gut issues are always a big part of their part of their picture mm-hmm. when they do come in. And... Um, Last week, we talked a bit about the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance. And, you know, food allergies, we said, we talked about is like an immediate reaction. So most people know if you've got a food intolerance, sorry, a food allergy. I was talking to a lady today at work, though, and she was telling me that she's worked out for her that um, gluten definitely seems to be the the thing that really irritates her system. And um, if she has say gluten a couple of days running she said she was trying some rye bread for a couple of days and it was probably on day three she started to get some trouble with a loose bowel so food intolerances aren't always as as exact as you eat it and you feel the difference it, sometimes it's that little bit of a, a build-up mm-hmm. now so we've been counting down and as we discussed before i obviously have an issue in whether it's counting down or counting up but i've i've got that resolved so last week number five was yeast And number four was um, almonds and other nuts, which I think probably distressed quite a few people right on lunchtime. But we're going to add to that story today, so I apologize if anyone's having their lunch. Number three, which we didn't get to talk about, and this to me sounds ridiculous as well, is eggs. Yeah? Yeah, so many people... People are allergic to eggs or food intolerant. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not the same, is it? Yeah, Yeah, so... Um, yeah, eggs, you think, well, eggs can't be a problem because eggs are a wonderful, well-packaged food from nature. But, um, yeah, a lot of people that we test for intolerances come back intolerant to egg. Yes. Now, like anything, when we do an intolerance test, someone might come back intolerant to a heap of foods, but not all of those foods contribute to their eczema or to their asthma or to their gut issues. So you could come back with a mild intolerance to egg um, and I think my son has a mild intolerance to egg, but he says he doesn't really feel that it affects him at all. Mm-hmm. But what I always say is if, you, if you're having an IgG reaction to a food, the protein in food is what we're particularly talking about. It does add to your inflammatory load. So you might not notice specifically that when you have eggs, your eczema flares or when you have eggs, your irritable bowel plays up, but it does add to the picture a bit. So mm-hmm. we yep. still recommend avoiding that for a period of time. So how would uh, how would this intolerance to eggs show itself? Well, look, again, everybody's different, but symptoms of an egg intolerance can include, can include things like um, digestive complaints like IBS, uh, bloating or stomach ache, um, severe headaches and migraine. Mm-hmm. So I've had one patient that was, if she had eggs, one or two eggs a week was fine, but if she had more than that, she'd start to build up towards having migraines. Uh, skin issues like eczema, um, tiredness and fatigue, brain fog. So the symptoms can be really quite wide and varied. It's not always as black and white, as I say, with an allergy. Joint pain, mm-hmm. um, even respiratory symptoms like sinus and, and um, hay fever as well. Yeah. 
Okay. So um, is it a particular part of the egg, like the white or the Yeah, yolk? well, look, that's the, that's the challenge is um, with testing that we tend to do, like it's we test the whole egg. But if someone eats a lot of eggs, it's probably worthwhile getting differentiated between the egg white and the egg yolk mm-hmm. because some people are more reactive to the albumin, which is in the egg white. Some people are more reactive to the yolk. So, yeah, if someone's really desperate about having eggs, then we'd go further and maybe test the difference between those two. Okay. What about from other creatures, other birds that lay eggs, so not just hens but uh, other ones like ducks? Can cross-react a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a challenge. And eggs in a lot of different foods as well. You know, a lot of our processed, a lot of our baked goods have eggs in them. Yes. Quiches, obviously. Yeah. Uh, dessert, sauces and spreads, mayonnaise, ice cream, um, some meat products mm-hmm. as well have eggs or egg protein. And, um, you know, eggs eggs can be or are a really important part of our diet, particularly from a protein point of view. So um, they're a great source of A, vitamin A, B, D, E, calcium. And always, you know, the whole point, we were talking about this last time, of food intolerance is not that you have to avoid these foods for the rest of your life. We want to try and avoid them for a period of time to see if any particular symptoms subside or change. At the same time, work on healing and repairing the gut so that then you can reintroduce these foods and you might find that you can tolerate two eggs twice a week and your digestion doesn't play up and happy days, then that's your your level. Um, So yeah, so in the meantime though, um, protein sources would be things like your your fish-based proteins like fish, chicken, um, meat, um, beans and legumes, nuts and seeds, unless you're intolerant to nuts then. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, by the By the end of this list, we may get down to air or um, yes. hopefully fresh air. But anyway. Fresh air would be the way. <laughs> so uh, cooking, baking, um, yes, what can you do oh, instead of, of using it? Lots of alternatives. Mm. One One thing that has come out of this increase in people with food sensitivity and intolerances and gluten sensitivity and all of that is there's so much information available for all the alternatives. Yeah. So with eggs, there's a, a a brand of no egg that you can get. You can use, so it's a powder that you make up. Um, there's You can use mashed fruits, um, cornstarch, avocado, uh, psyllium husk, um, and even chia seeds can mix quite well um, in the place of using egg as a, as a binding agent. So. Mm, so that's eggs. <laughs> that's eggs. That's number three. Number three. And so we'll two take and one to go. And you are FM twenty six past twelve. Health and well being. Peter Mullen. We're talking about food intolerances. We're counting down from five. We're up to number two. So number two on the the hot list, if, it is, if we can call it that, is um, gluten. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, with um, food intolerance testing, you can test for. Um, Gluten. You can test for wheat without gluten in it. So, I've often seen people will come back intolerant to other proteins in wheat as well. So, yeah, it's not just and even other proteins in rye when they've taken the gluten out. So, it's not just gluten on its own, but it can be proteins to do with some of these cereals and grains. Um, Quite and a glu- few people. Sorry. Quite a few people do suffer from gluten yeah. intolerance. Yeah, and again, like like anything, like it's. Um, or they're suggesting that now about one in seven Australians now report sensitivity to eating wheat. So that's almost one in seven, 3.4 million people. So that's it's a lot, lot of people, yeah. you know, and it is gluten and lots of different reasons. I was reading an article quite a while ago about a lady that travelled in France and she said that she didn't have any trouble with her gluten intolerance when she was 
eating wheat grown. So I, I, I didn't, I haven't followed up with that, but I just thought that was an interesting thing that, mm. you know, maybe grains contain more gluten or more gluten in Australia or interesting mm. thing to follow up with. So, and we know um, that gluten intolerance is definitely different to celiac disease. So celiac disease is an autoimmune condition. Um, and when people eat gluten, if they have celiac, it really damages their gut wall. So gluten intolerance is different to that. Um, but it can interfere with nutrient absorption and cause a long list of symptoms um, and a whole host of things. So, um, you know, digestive issues, discomfort or pain, but lots of symptoms, bloating, abdominal pain, diarrhea or constipation. Headaches, again, is an interesting one. Mm. Um, fatigue, joint pain. I had one of my young clients was only 12. If she had gluten, she'd get pain in the knees. Oh, yeah, so very, strange. very specific, very specific yeah. uh, skin rash, uh, mood changes, um, uh, low iron, like one of the reasons sometimes why people can have chronic low iron or have trouble absorbing iron, maybe if they've got a gluten intolerance. Um, and it is difficult to avoid. It is difficult to avoid. <laughs> so, so breads, baked goods, wraps, pasta, pizza, couscous, barley, rye, most of your cereals and crackers, beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, a friend of mine has celiac, so he drinks gluten-free beer. Oh, well. And that is works that well for him. alcohol-free as well? No, it's not alcohol-free. It's only <laughs> gluten-free. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and also a lot of sauces and dressings and seasonings. But again, it's an amount thing. Like some people can have gravy if there's a bit of wheat flour in it without an issue, but they can't have two slices of bread. Mm-hmm. At a time, one of my clients a few years ago, if she had two slices of bread for breakfast for toast, say three mornings running, she'd put on a kilo and a half, but it wasn't body fat; it was fluid. Yeah. So she, her, the result of her gluten intolerance was that she puffed up, yes. and that's a common symptom too for a lot okay. of people that might not be aware that they just feel like their rings are rings are tight, or their ankles are a bit puffy, or they just feel puffy. And there's just more fluid around. More in the fluid system. being held in the mm. tissue as a result, possibly of intolerances. So, mm. um, so is it easy with all those foods you don't eat <laughs> if you don't want to have gluten? Is it easy to find alternatives? Well, again, I think that's the good thing these days is there's lots of alternatives. Um, you only have to Google. So far, you could Google. Gluten-free, egg-free, nut-free, yeast-free recipes, and because we haven't included number one yet, but and you'll find a heap of recipes and information. So there's so many good resources. The challenge for people in going gluten-free, and I say this to any celiac patients as well, don't get caught up then just going and buying gluten-free product because often it's got a lot of sugar and fats and other things to try and make it tastier or whatever. So you're sort of, you know, you're trying to go gluten-free, but you're loading up on other things that aren't necessarily great. So mm. look at what you can cook and make yourself. Read the small print as always. Read the small print. <laughs> yes. So that was number three, two, two, two. Number two. Number Are we two. going on to number one? We can go into number one. Do or we save to? for number one for we'll after that. save number one. And we'll come back in just a moment and you'll find out with a big drum roll <laughs> what the number one th- food intolerance is. I think people might have guessed by now. Health and well-being. And Peter Mullen, we've been keeping us all waiting to know what number one for food intolerance <laughs> Okay, is. so the number one is, I'm sure everybody's guessed it, number one food intolerance tends to be dairy. Dairy. Okay. And for lots of reasons, like... And people often get a bit confused. With food intolerance testing, we check for protein. So some people will ask me, well, if I can have, can I have um, 
lactose-free milk? And the answer is no, because it's the protein in milk that we're finding is more of the issue with maybe more skin conditions, Mm -hmm. brain fog, aches and pains, things like that. Lactose intolerance is not the protein. Lactose is the sugar in milk. And the reason people have a problem with lactose is if they don't produce enough of an enzyme called lactase, which breaks the the lactose into glucose and galactose so it can be absorbed. So, yeah, so what we're looking at here is particularly the... um, protein in the dairy Um, and it's been estimated that nearly 50% of people that are um, casein or protein in milk intolerant are also gluten intolerant as well so the two tend to go together Um, and you know probably there's a lot more research needs to be done about why that is but um, symptoms of dairy protein intolerance can include a lot of the respiratory and skin stuff so eczema asthma hay fever um, again, the gut stuff, bloating, abdominal pain, um, bowel variability, nausea. Um, and it's, you know, dairy, again, is a bit like gluten. It's become, you know, mm. in every food that we eat, you've got to be wary of, you know, gluten. So alternatives, you can try, sorry, avoid dairy. Alternatives, you can try things like almond milk. Right. Does, do you, can you make good ice cream out of almond milk? You can make great ice cream out of coconut milk. Ah, yes. Coconut milk and frozen bananas, even just that blended together and frozen. There's some, again, that's where the, the internet is so There's so many great recipes available for dairy free ice cream because that's a bit of a favorite of mine, actually. <laughs> yes, you can't um, do with that now, ice cheese cream. wise, have you yeah. ever tried cashew cheese? No. What's that like? Oh, it's amazing, and there's a few great recipes on the website to make your own cashew cheese. Okay. And even making almond milk is as easy, easy even I can do it. <laughs> um, and from one cup of almonds, you can make a heap of a couple of litres of almond milk really okay. easily. So, okay. um, you know, finding the alternatives, or you can buy stuff that's already pre, pre-done as well. So, yeah, lots of alternatives for sure. Okay, so those are our five main food intolerances. And uh, how about what do we do after we've discovered we've got an intolerance? Well, as I was saying before, the most important thing, number one, first off, find out what foods you're reactive to. Um, There's certain blood tests that will give you an idea or tell you what your food intolerances are. Um, Or you can always do the old-fashioned food and symptom diary as well where you cut out the most reactive foods for a period of time and then reintroduce them one at a time. And you note down what's happened or hasn't happened. You note down the reaction, yeah. Yeah. And we do the same when we're reintroducing these foods back in. Say if you want to test eggs, you'd have two to four eggs or say two eggs a day for three days in a row. Mm -hmm. And if your symptoms don't flare, then you know that's something that you can tolerate, you know, once or twice a week. Um, So, yeah, so you can either get tested, which is a blood test, or you can do an elimination diet and a reintroduction program. Um, but basically the whole goal of, of working out, taking out those foods for a period of time, we say initially 6 to 12 weeks, depending on how severe those intolerances have come back. At that time, you're working on healing the gut. So you're taking your prebiotics and your probiotics. Um, you may be working on liver and immune health as well. So the idea is to... to Really heal up any leaky gut or get your gut working the best you possibly can so that then you can tolerate a certain amount of these foods. Okay. And then you're right. Well, then it's a – yes. <laughs> All systems go. <laughs> All systems go. That's exactly right. But one of the – one of the um, there is an interesting study done by a doctor um, where she was looking at reducing or reversing people with severe peanut allergy. 
and it's still early days yet, but she found that when she combined the desensitizing with a specific strain of probiotic, got a much better outcome even years after the fact. So mm. the strain or the specific type of probiotic to take if you think you've got sinus, asthma, eczema, hay fever like atopy um, or irritable bowel type stuff is a strain containing a strain of um, bacteria called LGG. So always check that out because probiotics are like anything. You need to take the specific one for you for it to be effective. Yeah, always important. Well, health and well-being, that's good. Um, what about next week? What's our topic? Next week we'll be talking about um, insomnia. Insomnia coming up next week. Can't wait, won't sleep a wink. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Mullen. Thanks, Jane. Lovely to see you. Health and well-being back again next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.